Welcome to this episode of Bird and Bird's Competitive Edge, the podcast, in which we dissect competition law issues to help you understand how they may affect your business. I am Amy Donlevy, a competition trainee in our London office, and today I'll be speaking with Peter Willis, a partner and my colleague in the competition and EU law team. Peter, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks very much for having me, Amy. I'm uh, really excited about being on the podcast. So the topic of today's podcast is the new national security FDI screening regime in the UK, which we'll refer to as the NSAA regime. The new rules kicked in at the beginning of January 2022. So Peter, could you please give us an overview of the new regime? I know that you've already been advising clients on this. Yes, of course. So the new NSIA regime applies in addition to merger control, and it's very, very broad. So unlike merger control in the UK, which is in principle at least voluntary, it requires the mandatory notification and approval of qualifying transactions. These include various types of acquisitions of shares or voting rights, which cross the thresholds of 25%, 50% or 75%, and also certain types of acquisition of blocking rights and rights to force certain types of resolution. Where those transactions involve companies active in one of 17 specified sensitive sectors of the economy. So transactions that are subject to a mandatory notification must be cleared prior to closing or else they will be void and there's also possible criminal offences involved. Non-notified transactions can also be called in by the government for review at any time, including after they've taken place. There are no financial thresholds for notification except in the communications sector. It's also possible to submit voluntary notifications where you're looking for comfort as to whether a transaction is likely to be to be called in. And in addition, it's possible to seek guidance from the investment screening unit within the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, Bays, who, who deal with these applications. There's a standard online questionnaire to complete for both the mandatory and voluntary notifications, and that's a set of questions. It's rather more straightforward than a merger notification. It's actually fairly factual, and the key elements that you need to include in the form are things like the identity of the target and acquirer and the structure of the transaction, corporate information, details of shareholders, Details of the business activities and the sectors of the target, that's really the critical thing for deciding whether it's a a sensitive business or not. Contact information and also typically a short submission as to why the transaction won't raise national security concerns. There are no filing fees for either mandatory or voluntary notifications. Great. So that sounds very broad in scope. Peter, could you tell us who's going to be caught by the new regime? Yes, any investor who acquires control either by crossing one of the relevant thresholds, so that's the 25%, 50% or 75% threshold, or is able to secure or prevent the passage of any class of resolution, will need to think about the NSIA and consider whether a filing is required. Acquisitions of assets and lower levels of investment, so less than 25%, or not able to secure or prevent the passage of a class of resolutions may also be covered, but not subject to the mandatory regime. So they may fall within the voluntary regime. The NSIA also applies to transactions involving companies outside the UK that supply goods and services to the UK. So for example, the government might call in uh, a transaction 
in which, say, a Chinese company acquires an Italian company where the Italian company supplies UK customers. If the Secretary of State reasonably suspects that the acquisition may give rise to a risk to UK national security. So it's very, very broad in terms of its geographic scope. It can cover transactions involving companies based anywhere in the world if they're supplying to the UK. Thanks, Peter. That's a really great overview and you can really see how broad the NSIA regime is. So you mentioned the 17 sensitive sectors. Could you please give us some examples of of those sectors and as such, who would be captured by the mandatory regime potentially? Yes, of course. The 17 sensitive sectors cover a very wide range of sectors that are important in terms of things like technology and also strategic importance to the UK. So uh, not surprisingly, it covers things like defence and nuclear activities. It also covers certain types of energy supply, so large power stations, gas and electricity interconnectors, that sort of thing. But just to sort of focus in a little bit more on on a couple of the sectors, so one example is data infrastructure. This covers things, data infrastructure, whether it's physical or virtual, that's used for storing or processing or transmitting data in digital form used in connection with the administration and operation of a public sector authority. So if a company provides these kind of services to public sector bodies and is a party to a transaction which meets the thresholds, then within the scope of the NSI, and you may need to think about a, a mandatory filing. A second example is communications. This captures a, a very wide range of communications activities, some of which are subject to turnover conditions. And it's really important in each of these cases to, to look at, uh, very closely at the definitions um, set out within the schedule of the relevant statutory instrument. A third example is synthetic biology. This is really quite a, a tricky definition and could apply to quite a wide range of of life sciences activities. So it's defined as the process of applying engineering principles to biology to design, redesign or make biological components or systems that don't exist in the natural world. So a very wide range of pharmaceutical and biological activities that are that are modifying genes or, or otherwise modifying natural natural processes can be caught and so they may require mandatory notification. Again, it's necessary to look very closely at the definition of the activities in order to see whether the activity is caught. There are some exemptions in this field and, and many of the others. And so again, you, you may need to spend a little bit of time working through the activities of the business with expert people within the business in order to to work out uh, whether a filing is going to be needed. Thanks, Peter. If anyone listening wants any more detail, we have actually put together some useful know-how setting out all the 17 sectors in more detail, which is available on our website. But back to the podcast, Peter, could you please tell us what are the consequences of not notifying a transaction? Yes, of course. The consequences can be very serious. First of all, where there is a a mandatory notification, so when you're within the 17 sectors and it's the acquisition of one of these levels of investments, 25, 50, 75%, then the transaction is void if there is no notification. There are also heavy penalties, including penalties of up to 5% of an organization's global turnover, or 10 million, whichever is greater. And it's also a criminal offence not to make a mandatory notification where it's necessary. 
imprisonment of up to five years. So it's really important to ensure that any transaction that falls within the mandatory regime is structured so that it doesn't complete until clearance has been obtained. So in other words, to make closing of the of the transaction conditional on getting clearance. Wow, so some very serious consequences for listeners to note. I guess my final question for you, Peter, is what is the impact on transaction timelines if a notification, mandatory or voluntary, is made? I know that this is always an important consideration for our corporate colleagues. Yes, so once the transaction is notified, the Investment Security Unit at Bayes should confirm that the application is complete. So they'll look at the online notification Within a few days, they'll come back and let you know whether it's complete or not. If they're unhappy with the notification form, so if if you've left information out, they can reject it and ask the parties to resubmit it. Once it's been approved, though, then the clock starts. The investment security unit undertakes its initial screening review, and that can last up to 30 working days from the date on which they confirm that the notification is complete. So essentially, that's that's six weeks. Transactions which raise national security concerns can then be called in for a further in-depth review for an additional 30 working days. So that's another six weeks. There's also the possibility of a further 45 working day extension in the case of particularly complex transactions. And the investment security unit can also stop the clock by sending a notice to the parties, and that'll that'll then pause the clock typically while they while they ask for additional information so in total transactions which raise national security concerns can take up to 105 working days possibly even longer if there's a if there's a pause to be granted a final order we expect that in, in most cases vast majority of cases will go through in the initial 30 day period great thank you peter your insight has been extremely valuable So to conclude, we thought we would highlight two key takeaways we believe businesses should be alert to. Firstly, UK merger control is separate and still needs to be considered in addition to the NSIA regime. Secondly, the NSIA regime is extremely broad in scope, as Peter has highlighted, and should be considered at the outset of any transaction. It has the potential to make a transaction void if it falls within the mandatory scope, and it even captures internal corporate restructurings if part of the same corporate group. Thank you for listening. We also have a related article and a brilliant flowchart setting out the process of the new regime, which we will link in the description of this podcast. If you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us via email at peter.willis at twobirds.com or amy.donlevy at twobirds.com. Of course, if you'd like to stay up to date on competition and EU law developments in Europe and beyond, you can sign up to receive our monthly Competitive Edge newsletter. You'll find a link from our homepage, twobirds.com forward slash competition.